All right, welcome to another Megan List edition of the Horse Racing Happy Hour. <laughs> I'm Mike Andolfo, and I'm joined, as always, by Louis Rabot. Louis is the one person that you can always count on being on this show. Always seems about right. How are you, Michael? Yes, that's good. Uh, I'm I'm good. I just uh, it's it's been busy. Got back from Mexico, kind of hit the ground running, and you know it's been crazy. That's good. And I, we're at, just... at a weird time for us because you had preschool meet the teacher, and I've got high school meet the teacher. <laughs> Today. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the um, yeah, the difference between the ends of our families. Uh, the, the the bottom age is uh, a solid ten years. So yeah, that's that, right. Yeah, there we go. That's exactly what it is, actually. So, so um, uh, and then you want to introduce our guest? Sure. Edison Hatter's on with us today from lots of different things, but I think that uh, most people probably know him from um, his in the money work and uh, his work at the Meadowlands, most likely. And then uh, he also does some announcing at Freehold Raceway. You can find him on Twitter at Edison underscore 1999 underscore, which would, should make you feel incredibly old. Mike, what year did you graduate from college? 1999. Okay. Edison, what year were you born? 1999. There, there it is. All right. So <laughs> Edison can drink. So that's all that matters. Had I made terrible life decisions, the year I graduated high school was 1999. Edison could be my kid. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, so, well, and that, I think that's interesting too, right? Because we we associate horse racing with being this old man sport. Um, and when you look at our demographics, for example, like what is it, Louis? 76% of our listeners are below the age of 44. Yeah, right. Yep. 45 or something. Yep. And then we, we the people we have on the show, the people that are in this ABR contest with us, I mean, it's it's a lot of young people. We've had Matt Denderman on before. I mean, we've had it's yep. it's a there's a a huge young resurgence in the horse racing field. And so, like Edison, like what? How did you get involved in in uh, in horse racing? Well, you know, I, I think I took a different path than a lot of people. I think a lot of people my age that are in the sport probably had some sort of family ties to the industry, but I really didn't have any. Um, honestly, I just uh, in middle school found racing on TV one day. Obviously, during the Triple Crown, watched the Derby, then watched the Preakness and the Belmont, and just kind of continued that the next year. And then eventually discovered that oh, racing happens every single day besides just the big days, and uh, really just got myself interested in it. I was a math major in college, so obviously the numbers fascinated me. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's huge. I mean, my my son, who is we're having to meet the teacher with, he's a fairly intelligent kid. Um, and he is he's in uh, Mensa, Edison. That's yeah. that's Mike, okay. like super low level humble bragging right there. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah he is. He, he yeah. is a member of Mensa, <laughs> but he um, uh, Apple doesn't far, fall far from the tree. Um, so he uh, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> he uh, I mean, I think for him, too, it's like one big it's almost like one big math problem. Like, right. let's try to figure out the variables and whatever else what's most likely to happen. And I, I think that there's a, a huge appeal to that, you know, so. Um, Louis, that, that probably kind of feeds you too, because you're, you know, you're no slouch yourself. I am a math guy for sure. Uh, statistics kid in undergrad, but I, uh, yeah, it's the puzzle of, it's the puzzle of the form that made me fall in love with horse racing for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. And, uh, did you grow up in Maryland or where, where did you grow up? I did. Yeah. I grew up in Maryland, uh, Northern Maryland, Frederick County near the PA border. And now, um, uh, I went to college. I was at the university of Maryland. I graduated from there last May and have now moved just north, very strategic location. Made sure I moved, picked my apartment about half a mile from Laurel Park, of course. Okay, so you have you graduated from the University of Maryland. I want to know, um, do you think that you have more Under Armour clothing than I do? Uh, probably. Louis? Good, good bit. Oh, he definitely does. Yeah, come on. No chance. 
Dude, I was sponsored by Under Armour for like five years. So I mean, anything anything in the bookstore, of course, in Maryland, any Maryland supposed yeah. to have, of course, you know, because Kevin Planker, of course. I yeah, know, I mean, course, I, so it was. I uh, so I used to run a high school all star game that we were sponsored by Under Armour, and um, and I would Chrissy would my wife would would laugh because we would just sit in the office, and then eleven pairs of shoes would just show up, and I just. You know, I just, I, true, actually. I'm still wearing a ton of Under Armour. If anyone has more Under Armour than me, then uh, I'll be very impressed. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, Louis. So I, I have to ask that, Edison, are you the reason that the track just broke, just exploded at Laurel? Is that, I mean, you move there and then it stops working. Is that how these things work? You know, I moved there. I moved here last uh, June, July after I graduated. And uh, let's see, <laughs> Laurel Park was spectatorless, I think, up through October. <laughs> right. um, now, you know, obviously I, I am licensed. Uh, I also work at Rosecroft, so I am licensed the uh, Maryland Racing Commission. So I did get a chance to slip over a couple of times, but still sure. not the same without the fans there. So so no fans through October. Um, and then had fans for a while. Went fanless again, if I remember correctly, at some point in the winter. Yep. And then the spring, couple days, and right, then out to Pimlico, and been there every since, and Timonium next week. Then hopefully, eventually, I'll get to watch some racing around the corner. Of course, I've been to Pimlico a good bit the last couple months, but yeah, I, I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> there you go. Love it. Love it. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about last weekend. We both, uh, now, I, I want to know, for example, did anyone hit the four-star, Dave? We have so, one person, right, who had in our group. Edison had... had- God I think he had God Stormy in the second spot. Is a that second, right? Second, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. I second. I did like Raging Bull, but you know, not a disappointing effort there. But at least oh, I yeah. brag about having a, a God Stormy in there somewhere. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about a little bit about that Raging Bull because you know, I I only watched the race once, so I didn't go back and like look it over and over again. God Stormy was super impressive. Mm-hmm. But Raging Bull just to me just seemed to get kind of caught, got a little bit just really could never find a, a good hole to kind of go through and, and I think just wasted too much energy early on. I mean, what do you all think? Go ahead, Asim. Yeah, I mean, I tend to agree. Um, I know he's, you know, been a little disappointing. I think recently, I, I'm sure you guys saw it, obviously, with America's Best Racing and our big race showdown. That I think there was a little discussion there before the race on Twitter. People saying, you know, it wasn't even going to hit the board. You know, it hasn't been in that great a form lately. So, I don't know. Another little disappointing effort, it seems like. And uh, I don't know. See what's next for him and see what's down the road. But definitely uh, can't take anything away from the winner. Got Stormy, definitely a huge effort in the race for sure. Yeah, I, I think there's a reason that fully intact horses that were born in 2015, if they're still running, there's a reason they're still running. And so uh, my sense is when you get a horse that's at this age, it's, I mean, still won $200,000 this year. But, you know, at some point, the horse is what he is. And he's, you know, he's not a gelding or something where you're just going to you're going to throw him out there, roll him out there, whatever. There's that kind of prize money on the line. But uh, in, in his case, yeah, I. I'll be honest too. Like I know that the statistics are fine, but I does anyone else feel like since his spill, I read in the big big races, whatever that I read thing was, just isn't there. Am I overanalyzing that? Maybe I don't. I, know. I haven't paid enough close attention to it to be honest with you. You very well could be right. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like uh, obviously him, Jose are always up there in the standings, but I think the real standout so far, Saratoga, of course, has to be Luis Saez, right? What he's been writing for sure. Yeah, and frankly, the fact that Ricardo and Tyler are riding so well in New York as well, it's been w- incredible, frankly, to watch Tyler's move up the jockey rankings uh, in such short order. I remember only four or five years ago he was the star of the Gulfstream Summers, and now you know he's he's uh, he started at, uh, at Saratoga in the summer has some serious mounts in the uh, the two stakes this weekend, but. Uh, yeah, with Raging Bull, I think you just get an older horse, and sometimes they're, like I said, they're still running at six for a reason. And, uh, you know, if they're not dragged off to the breeding shed by six, uh, there's 
there's bound to be an up and down performance with him. So. I'm just impressed because Scott Stormy, I mean, ran a one a mile race at the Honey Fox, ran it like 135 and a half, and to pull a, a almost a 133 flat in that race, I mean, that's it's a monumental effort, especially that, that's the first time Scott Stormy has uh, even finished on the board in a Grade One since last year's four star day when he when, uh, when he finished second. So. Uh, I thought that was a huge effort. Uh, I don't know if that says what probably just says more about the field than anything else. I mean, uh, uh, I was actually even well, the, surprised by set piece. The remarkable the thing that's happened this year is Alexandra, while while pregnant, wins at Belmont, right? And then yeah. we get God Stormy comes back and beats the boys in the four star David. So a couple of cool, a couple of cool mares uh, winning a couple of uh, turf races in New York this year. Now, Louie, you didn't see that. I'm assuming you didn't see it live because you were just correct soaking up all that Chicago has to offer. <laughs> I was very Chicago outside. Can I just say that I'm Chicago might be my least favorite big city. I'm way with you on that. Yeah. Shout out to our number five market for this show. Chicago. I don't care. (laughs) I don't get paid for this show. So like, you know, at the end of the day, not enough at least. Yeah. Yeah, Right. um, uh, No, but no, it, um, I actually, I had more fun in Chicago on Saturday than I've ever had in Chicago. Is it because Ed DeRosa was there? That's part of it. The other part is, um, no, he was, They brought that. They brought that Thursday, two o'clock energy from Churchill Downs to Arlington for Saturday. That was oh, did real. they? All right, that was real. Good job, guys. Um, but the uh, no, it it just it was kind of a nervous. We know this isn't going to happen again. Kind of energy, both from the the staff and then from the uh, the crowd as well. And I made one sort of look inside the press box there and decided that was not where I needed to be. And then the stories came out, and I'm glad I really didn't camp up there at all. So. Um, and then you got some pretty chalky results. We hit the early pick four, but that really wasn't our middle pick four, I guess, and wasn't anything too hard to figure out. But the uh, the more fun racing, unfortunately, was actually on the Tapita to start the day. So yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, did you guys, uh, yeah. you got to meet Nicole? I did meet. I did meet them. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. So how how yeah. did that go? Great. Uh, they were in a really good mood after the day, actually, and so uh, I, I they probably thought the day went well from their end, at least, right? Where you know, up in the in the callers box and all those things, and so yeah, Nicole's in a in a good mood at the end of the day. Did you all did you all both watch Nicole on Jeopardy? I did, yeah, yeah, I did, I did too. I, I just said, did you get to watch that? Wait. I did, yeah. It was actually on my birthday. I was working on Pittsburgh. I was going at the Meadows the next day, so I just saw in the the group chat for America's Best Racing for the, mm. the great show. Then I, I said, you know, uh, hopefully she wins my birthday. But you know, for a seventeen day champion against this long champion, she definitely gave it she a really right really good there. effort. Right, and it was the first time that guy had been down halfway through, right? I mean, he correct, uh, yeah. First time he'd been losing after the Jeopardy round, so uh, big, big credit to Nicole for for sure for big effort. And she went for it, I, you know. She or uh, so that was awesome. I mean, Nicole went for it, so that's yeah. fantastic. That's right. Um, all right, well, let's uh, let's are, are we? Uh, By the way, keep... I wanted to say before we we move on, Megan and I were on the V show here locally. ESPN oh, that's radio. right, yeah, yeah. No, you're good. On Monday, uh, Edison doesn't know anything about this, but uh, local radio host here, Bob Alvano, a uh, personal friend of Mike's, Mike actually. Um, his son's name is the same as, uh, as Bob's dad's name, uh, close with the family. Bob had been, uh, fighting leukemia recently and, uh, is actually in remission. Thanks be to God. He's doing much better. And, uh, I lost a brother to leukemia when I was a teenager. And so Megan and I went out to their annual V show fundraiser for the V foundation for his brother, Jim Valvano. And, uh, I wanted to give a shout out because our listeners came through. We raised $300 in the three hours that we were on. Uh, oh, the nice. air on Monday, and so we were able to make a donation to cancer research on Monday. So just a, a thanks to everybody for for chipping in for the V Foundation. That's fantastic, right there. It is. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry I couldn't join you guys. Um, 
I'm glad you all got to go do that. And uh, no, at least we know that Megan's alive. The best part was Megan meets Dan Issel. So Edison, if you don't know who Dan Issel is, he is an NBA Hall of Famer. He's probably seven foot one. He's the all-time he's, lean scorer for Kentucky men's basketball. Right. Like total legend. She so Meg, we walk outside, we're taking over for his she show. She has no idea who that is. Megan has no idea no who idea. he is. Megan's also five foot four. And so she sees these guys sitting down and she doesn't think anything of it. They realize we're coming out to do the show for Bob. They stand up and suddenly there's a seven foot one man and a five foot four woman standing next to one another. And he is a huge horse racing guy, like totally into it. Workouts in, in the mornings and Keeneland and I mean, all kinds of stuff. He's everywhere. And he's, you could watch him like cranking in his head. I know who this person is. I know who this person is. And he finally figures out it's Megan from TVG. It was very Wait a minute. So he knew who Megan was, but Megan yes. did not know who he That's fantastic. There it is. That's exactly right. Yes. <laughs> oh my. Her head. I mean, all of favor. She's like, I don't know who that is. Yeah. Jeez, uh, oh, it's very mega. Uh, I gotta plug my computer, and I'm gonna. Oh, there you go. We're gonna. By the way, the while Mike's plugging in, just uh, just a heads up, just the old Forester 86 today. I have another meeting after this, and so I can't go too hard at uh, at 3:30 with uh with anything. So when you have more beans later, it's supposed to go. You're supposed to go barrel proof. Just go straight up 120. Just so, like uh, just dive into the meeting, say whatever I feel like. Edison, even though you've only been able to drink for a total of a week, um, <laughs> week you and a year, settle. No, he's just turned 21, right? So how did um uh, you have do you have a drink of choice? Um yeah, probably Jack and Coke. Oh, okay. there you go. Okay. There you go. All right, just just Brown Foreman product. Jack, that's great. Yeah, Jack is a Jack is a Brown Foreman product. Yeah, you try, try the show. Ofo or something great. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We appreciate that. Yeah. All right. There we go. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move out to Del Mar, guys. If you guys are uh, good for that, Edison's sticking around to do some handicap with us. Is that true? That's right. Yep. All right, fantastic. Um the, uh, so the by the way week. before we go too much further sorry edison go ahead you've started a podcast about uh, harness racing and so uh go ahead and tell people that are listening because i know we have a lot of cr- uh, crossover listeners uh yeah so for in the money media i've recently started a couple weeks ago uh first over with edison hatter can be found on the in the, Mo- any, in the money media uh network as well as on itunes and via podcast sources you listen to and i've been regularly trying to for sure record a wednesday and thursday night episode Wednesday night for Friday night's racing at Woodbine Mohawk, who sponsors the show. And then Thursday night for their Saturday night racing action. And uh, I've tried to slip in some Tuesday shows when I get a chance uh, Mm. to talk a little bit about a recap of the previous weekend. So got some good guests so far. Had Ashley Mayu on last week, Dave Weaver this week, uh, Kate Radar last week as well. So some thoroughbred and harness racing folks kind of getting people on both sides of the aisle to join the conversation. And, uh, yeah, so that's what I'm off to record after we finish this year. So I also can't go too hard, I guess. Okay, there you go. All right. Well, the uh, first race we're going to talk about at Del Mar, where the uh, surf meets the turf, is the Grade Three Tory Ponds. The, uh, do you, you ever played golf at Tory Ponds, or um, Louis or Edison? I've not. Uh, you ever been in Tory well, Ponds? I've not. Edison's. It sounds team. incredible, though. I've golfed once in my life. It was not pretty. I have become a good <laughs> fan of golf though this past year with nothing else really to watch. And oh, uh, you know, what? I was just telling, just saying on my podcast to, to Dave Weaver the other day. Uh, either maybe this weekend, maybe Sunday, I might slip up to Jersey City to catch the mm. uh, PGA playoff. But if not, Caves Valley uh, in Owens Mills is about twenty-five minutes north of where I am right now. So for sure, Jump. one of these next two weekends, I'm going to get to a first ever PGA PGA event. Nice. All right. Well, the uh, Phil Milkison Stakes is the Tory Pine Stakes. It is the uh, it's a hundred thousand dollars if I'm not mistaken. Go back to the show sheet uh, for three year old fillies. A mile on the dirt. Who do we like in this one, Louie? I'll go ahead and just open with besmirchment because um, sometimes stats jump super far off the page. Trader Jonathan Wog, who's having a terrific year, 
And jockey Jose Valdivia Jr. hitting at 0% this year, 22 runs. <laughs> That's brutal, especially, like I said, Dave, given man. that Wong is hitting at 23%. And it's he's, I think he's amongst the best trainers anywhere. He's, he's especially out on the West Coast. They're, te- they're teaming up on day plan in this race, so go ahead and just exclude that horse. Um, early besmirchment in the, uh, the episode here. I'm focusing on three for this one, the seven private mission, which is the Baffert Pratt. Shouldn't be so surprising. Uh, no one is better at getting their horses sprinter route than Baffert and Flavian right now is in another galaxy, of course. And so they're hitting at 33% this year. That form has traveled to Del Mar. So include the seven private mission. Steve Sherman trains the six. I'm so Anna and his runners win at 23% coming off a win hit the board the last four times out. She does seem to be a little bit of an every other, but, and while I'm not so decision about the decision about them running on the turf here, I do like the three-year-old restriction for her, so I'm going to include. And then Peter Miller has the four. Forrest Caraway entered. I like this one second off the layoff, going sprint to route, but a, a lot of fillies are here, and she seems to love Del Mar. One going away at six furlongs, so I'm hoping the, spre- the stretch out won't actually be too much. We'll see if the stamina is still there, but I'm seven six four in the Tory Pines. This is no way a grade three, so this is like a listed stakes field. You disagree? It is what it is. Yeah. The later stakes make up for it, so I'm not... Oh, I'm not come on now. It. That field in the Pacific is terrible. Okay, we'll talk about it. Terrible. That's All another terrible Ed Rosa take. Go ahead. Addison? Uh, well, Louie, thank you. You made my job really easy. Um, reading my paper here, 764. Um, <laughs> private mission, Flavian Pratt, Rob Baffert. Uh, unlike Jonathan Wong and Valdivia, uh, Rob Baffert and Flavian Pratt, they're hitting at 33% together with 57 stars, 19 for 57 uh, this year. And yeah, that's a really impressive effort at Santa Anita in that optional claiming event. Obviously, a little bit of a step up in class, but it is Bob Baffert. I don't think there'll be too much concern there. 44 and 4 just blistered through that half and kept going on the front end. Uh, six times, so Anna, 12 times, four for 12 lifetime. Uh, three yep. of those wins coming in stakes. Uh, seems to like it, though. On the front end, not quite sure if she's going to get there today for sure with private mission there, but definitely is a major player in here. And then the four, Forest Caraway, pretty big effort last time out in that optional claiming event down at Delmar. Myers figure came back pretty well there. I think she could be in the mix as well. Seven, six, four. <laughs> Harvest Moon won this race last year. Uh, Baffert's got to get paid when he can. All right, so uh, race <laughs> seven is the grade two Del Mar Mile, $300,000 race. And uh, this one is for three-year-olds and up. Uh, who do we like in this one? Should we let Edison go first this time? Yeah, that so, sounds great. So, so well, you don't steal his notes? <laughs> well, well, for me, it's three, six, one in this race, so we'll see. Do we have the same numbers again? <laughs> Top two. Top two in order, actually. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, three, three, six, one. Uh, the three smooth like straight uh, comes off of three consecutive, very consistent triple-digit buyer speed figures. That win, obviously, in the Shoemaker Mile did it from the front end that day through the half at forty-six and two. So, figured he will be a part of the early mix once again. Seven for sixteen lifetime. He just likes to win and seems to me to be the one to beat on paper. I didn't get a chance to uh, end up seeing. I know I'm not sure if you got a chance to look. I know the morning line just came out recently, so I'm not quite sure. I didn't have morning lines written down for these races, but. Um, one that is Louie's job on the show. It's the morning. Yeah. Up. So actually, I do have them up in front of me. Uh, let me click on this race um, because we do get the PPs early, and I obviously the ones that we looked at together. So we like site is nine to five here. Okay. So yeah. So that's about that's about where I figured he would end up being. Um, the six mo Forza though had two also triple digit buyer speed figures, two higher, just slightly higher ones for Peter Miller and Flavian Pratt in the two most recent starts. Got the win both times as the favorite, including at three to five last time out in a Grade Two event. So. Does like to come from off of the pace, so possibly a tactical advantage of Smooth Lake Straight early on in this race, but he definitely, Mo Forza definitely will be coming late as usual. 
And the one Neptune Storm, they, you know, there's a lot of horses that I think I pick because of some personal bias. So I'll fully disclose, for Neptune Storm, it is my biggest score ever at Santa Anita for almost 12000 and a pick six that he closed out for me as a single in the last leg. So maybe oh, nice. I'm biased there. <laughs> yes, you are biased, but, but understandably so, yes. <laughs> seven for 21 lifetime. Uh, he was with Richard Baltus when he got that score for me, but now with Peter Miller, and I thought it's had two pretty good efforts for – Peter Miller so far stakes placed second place in a, in a grade three and came back to win a, a unlist or a non-graded stake. So uh favor both times step up in class. We'll see what kind of trip he gets here in the short field. Maybe he can pick up the pieces. So three, six, one. Now this so one's got some class to it that way. I like this. You know, we got a little class in this race. It's good. Yeah. So we're, we're the same on six and eight, something I'll mention. So Mo Forza, for example, ships to Gulfstream for the, you know, for the, um, the Pegasus world cup stuff. I'm noticing more this year than ever that how the turf plays in California does not play on the East coast. And so we're watching these horses ship from California to the East coast. And it seems to not work and vice versa, these sorts of things. I love Mo Forza getting back to California. Obviously the results are there for the same reason. I really like hit the road in this race as my third selection, the two for Dan Blacker. I think this is actually Dan Blacker's first grade one winner. And in the Kilroy mile at uh, Santa Anita, we're going down to Del Mar here where the horses won twice already uh, getting back to that California turf really like this horse in that third spot, but I agree with Edison on top here. I'm actually six, eight and two. I don't hate the, or excuse me, three, six and two. Um, I don't hate uh, his pick though of, of the one, the two storm there. I think if you wanted to go a little bit shorter here and just try to get a, you know, a smaller party of your ticket here, three and six, I think are the class of this race, but I do like the two uh, in this spot as well. Yeah. Three and six, both grade one winners. Mo Fours has actually won like six out of uh, the last seven. And four of those have been at this mile distance. Uh, and of course, having Flavian on board does not hurt. So, all right, we'll go on to uh, we'll do a, a quick pick here on this race eight, which is an optional claiming race, so we don't have to go in depth on the on the uh, handicapping. But we're just gonna make sure we include it for the pick six ticket. Um, so, real quick, who do you like, Edison, in race eight? Uh, I went one eight two. I went with the one risk and reward. Now this one, I believe, I saw five to one on the morning line. Is that correct? That's five to one. Yeah. Yeah, five to one That's for awesome. risk and reward. Um, Comes off of that maiden breaking wind, thought pretty well from the rail, has early speed, probably going to be sent, obviously, and maybe can uh, go all the way. And of course, we do have Great Magician, Louis, who is by. That's your single um, right there. Great Magician, 20 to 1. There's your single. Just go ahead, write it down. Uh, out of Gradar, or by Gradar, excuse me. Um, by Gradar, yeah. Just the most important shit ever. All right. So uh, I, uh, the only horse you didn't mention in your numbers uh, is Positivity, the seven out of the O'Neill barn. You get Umberto here. Um, Great form last time out at Del Mar at this distance. Sometimes horses like to go back to back, especially when they find a track that they like. So I would include positivity as well. All right. We're going to go to the uh, the second best three-year-old Philly race of the day because uh, <laughs> I love the Alabama. Um, is the mile and eighth uh, Del Mar Oaks. It is a grade one, $300,000. Again, it says Oaks. It's got to be for Phillies and it's got to be for three-year-olds. So who, who do we like on this one, Louie? So I think that we're going to get a, a rematch of going global in Madone here. Up top, the three and the four. I think there's a chance you could just key those two and move on. I do think it's a chance for Javanika to have a coming out party, though. If Javanika is a 50th of a second faster, we never hear of a horse named Rombauer because he doesn't win the El Camino Real Derby and he doesn't get that free pass to the Preakness. And so she's capable of a really, really big day. Drayden, unfortunately, this year not having a great 
percentage year. Still trust him as a rider. So in the third spot, I'm actually going to put Javanika, who's the two, and I haven't even looked at these odds for this race, I'll be very honest. Um, but let me pull that up. But I'm going to guess she's like six or seven to one on the morning line. That's just a hunch. And she is 10 to one. And so um, maybe value play there, but I do think that there's a real separation between the three and four and the rest of the field. Edison? Well, I guess we're just going to continue with our, you, you know, it's, it's either great minds think alike or misery likes company. We're I guess just we're screwed here, right? <laughs> which on Saturday, but uh, three, four, and seven for me. I'll take the seven for third. Oh, Fluffy Stocks, who uh, been a bit of a traveler here coming from the East Coast, uh, has been out to, now to Del Mar back in November 2020, was a winner there. So one for one over the surface, a grade three event that day. Obviously steps up to the grade one here off of, I thought a pretty good effort in the Lake George was coming pretty late there at Saratoga. So not so much sure how much she'll look forward to this ship across the country, but she did it pretty well November 1st and November 28th last year. So she's in good form here, ready to go again. Maybe one to include at a bit of a price, but I'm with you. I think the three going global and the four Madonna are kind of the standouts here. So we kind of hinted at this earlier, Edison, but one of the things we do on this show is we say, is this a grade one? And uh, Louis, do you think this is a grade one? This is a California grade one. A California grade one. Is that because the field's more than five horses? Um, uh, oof, that, that, see, that's, that's a solid work out of you. Um, no, because I think a horse like Javanique is actually a really good horse. Um, she just hasn't had that, that, that breakout. I do like Madone a lot actually as a horse. And I think there's a chance a horse like, uh, no, I don't, I don't actually think that. Never mind. Um, but how good is a horse like Ivy league? I don't know. Closing remarks has been reasonably consistent but doesn't win um yeah grade one it's it's not alabama grade one is that what you're asking that's definitely not alabama grade one yeah I, but malathat's only running in one place there's only one horse so i mean yeah i just on this, well, this is the turf a, and, this is a turf yeah i mean yeah. i i i don't know restricted this, age turf races i tend not to get too excited about what the grading is yeah edison what do you think yeah, I mean, I get that they're obviously three or three year olds, so only um, so many races opportunities they've had. But I guess maybe the easy way to argue the no case might be just the fact that Madone is that I can see at least the only one to have even raced in a Grade One, and that was and she an eighth place like nine, finish. Yeah, the eighth, eighth yeah. place finish at Breeders' Cup. So yeah, got it. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I, I, that's that's the number one thing. I'm, and of course, again, being three year old, you want to that they're they got time to step up. But if they were here and we saw a ton of horses that have like you know, they're four for five or whatever else, you know, then I could get on board. I, I, I think this is a, maybe a grade two and it could possibly be a grade three. Um, the TBG Pacific classic is a grade one, or at least by name, um, a million dollar purses on the line for three-year-olds in up and uh, Edison, I'll let you go first here. Uh, two, three and seven. I'm going to try the two tis a magician who, Two for two wins in the last three starts and a couple of great threes, including out at Del Mar. Uh, two for six lifetime at Del Mar. A couple of second place finishes. It seems to do pretty well over the surface. Was pretty well beaten in that Brooklyn at Belmont by uh, Lone Rock, but Lone Rock of course did come back to win again. And a little bit of a little bit of a slow break there for the magician. You kind of see it in the comment line. So uh, it could be worth a try here at a price. Uh, do we have morning line on that one, Louis? Yeah. So Tism Magician's five to one. Five to one. Yeah. So. so so a little bit of a price there on the morning line. Um, I think we're worth a try. Uh, the three doctor posts coming off of that 101 buyer speed figure in the Monmouth Cup. I thought a really impressive race at Monmouth. Um, not quite sure the quality of the type of field that he beat there, but um, and plus also his first time shipping across. So maybe a couple of question marks there. But four for nine lifetime. 
Um, and I, like I said, the, the really good effort there, hopefully it won't bounce off of it because he did kind of form cycle wise, go from 104 down to that 86 back up to the triple digits. So especially with the ship across the country, could be a liable bounce candidate, in my opinion. Hmm. And then the seven Independence Hall uh, was in the grade, grade two event up at Santa Anita as a three to five favorite. And the comment lines kind of says it all. There's kind of lack the needed response. So I'm not quite sure what to make of him. He definitely has some pretty solid back class, I think. And back for quite a while was, at least for me personally, one of my top uh, derby picks for, for some time uh, right. during the winter at Aqueduct was, was really uh, high on my radar, but kind of dropped off since. Has some wins in there, you know, third place finish in the Pegasus, so, so definitely some some class. But, yeah, that was a really disappointing 3-5 to five effort back in April at Santa Anita, and now coming off that long layoff, not quite sure what to make of him either. So 2-3-7. Okay. I, I Mike, you, you had to you had to cap this one, right? I did because I, uh, I, you know, we, we did it for the contest. Yeah. So why don't and, you go uh, ahead here? I well, I, I got to remember I did it really quick. I'm not. Gonna oh, lie. okay. But um, I, I'm pretty sure I actually I went with Express Train. So what what did you like? What was the odds? What's the odds on Express Train? Louis, Three to one, and you and I agree on Express Train on top. Yeah, I took yeah. Express Train, and I believe I took Royal Ship in uh, the coming second, and. I can't remember if something tells me I did Tripoli, but I might have done Tiz Musician. I can't remember okay. who my third place horse yeah, yeah. was, but I felt pretty good about uh, Express Train and I felt pretty good about Royal Ship. So that's that's where I went. Express Train seems to love Del Mar. It's coming off a good vein of both results and works. I mean, the works for Express Train are awesome right now. I actually think he's the one to beat here. Seeing the morning line now, John White agrees with me. That actually tends to happen quite a bit. It doesn't mean it, it doesn't LA, mean much LA this Tom's year. Right um, yeah, right. I'm also really interested to see Tiz a magician. I so I'm five two three here. So so Edison and I have two of the top three together. Getting we the got, shorter race here, which which is interesting because we always talk about can a horse get the distance. We're yeah. actually talking about can a horse cut back from <laughs> to the classic distance, which is insane. And so uh, I I trust uh, Tiz magician. That's Flavian, right? Um, Tiz magician. Yeah, it's Flavian. So is Flavian, I mean, yeah. look, if anyone's going to get that horse to kick it into high gear when it needs to, it's going to be Flavian Pratt. Now. The, the key for Tiz a Magician is going to be, you know, that is a horse that likes to run near the front, be near the front. Is there going to be that kick that other horses can have at the classic distance um, in this group? It, Mike said it, it it's not a, a super high level grade one group for sure. I also included Dr. Post because in my mind, no one has done a better job of shipping horses to spots than Pletcher. Uh, Todd Pletcher this year. It's, yeah. it's not even close. So, Mike, I'm trying to remember what was the two year old race we just watched on Matt Wind Day here. Oh. And, uh, uh, you and Pletcher it, yeah. had a horse in there. And all I said was, Todd Pletcher shipped this horse for a reason. And then he wins by like eight lengths. I'm not kidding. Yeah. He just, he just yeah. ran recently again in another two year two year old stakes. So, I'm with Edison there, like a little inconsistent, but like it's a wins without whips. I'm going to talk about whips in the next race, by the way. But like win, wins at Monmouth and that in the new conditions for fun, frankly. And then, you know, I, I'm interested to see him. I'm not going off the board here at all. Express train three to one. Um, Dr. Post is four to one. And Tism Magicians five to one. The only horse we do, really didn't talk about is Royal Ship, who's seven to two. The numbers look great. The horse just doesn't win. And, and I can't I can't figure him out. So I'm gonna try to beat him in this race. I also love Independence Hall, but he doesn't win. And and he's wildly inconsistent. So I'm gonna try to beat him as well. So again, uh, in this race, I am five, two, and three. Yeah, I put Royal Ship in because again, we're trying to hit exactors and try, try to hit this the thing, right? It. So, yep. and I think Royal Ship is a horse, a good contender for that. And I, I don't know, I, I just, I feel like Independence Hall has just been a complete and total letdown um, after kind of flaking out on the Derby Trail, just and not really, you know. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a big, 
I'm not a big independent tall guy. Okay. Uh, but the, the the horses who have won this race. So who won this race last year? This should be easy. Pacific Classic was uh... Maximum Security. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we've Mongolian that feels Grim. like a thousand years ago. Good gosh, yeah. doesn't it, Edison? Doesn't it? Doesn't that feel it like does? I, like I you were twelve was... when that happened, or something? <laughs> I know. I was sitting in Charlestown watching that race. I, I okay. vaguely remember it now. Yeah, oh, so I vaguely remember that. But yeah, it does feel like forever ago. <laughs> Accelerate one and two. All right, so Mike dropped off there. We will uh, get back to Mike when he's able to jump back on. Um, but we were talking about the past winners of the Pacific Classic, which I could easily look up, but I'm not going to. But we're going to move on, uh, Edison and I, until Mike jumps back on to the Del Mar Handicap. This will close the card. I appreciate, by the way, if anyone's listening from Del Mar, thank you for closing with this race instead of a $20,000 uh, maiden claimer, uh, which... Well, well me- I guess, first, first of all, so I'm sure Mike was going to ask us, what do you think about, the, is this a great one? Um, I think that we are so down on older horses now that we just assume nothing's a grade one anymore (laughs) and frankly what surprised me about this field is if i had a three-year-old that i thought was worth a damn i would have run him in this race right so if i'm if i own hot rod charlie i run him in the pacific classic and and i you know you get a i boy i just i so that part i don't understand i think the three-year-olds this year are very good i would have run them in this race if i had one um, I know that they point to other things. People really care about the Traverse, but if you have a three-year-old that wins the Pacific Classic or, or hits the board in the Pacific Classic, th- I think that matters for breeding too. And so, um, no, the answer is no, but it's because we don't like older horses anymore. We've just given up on liking older horses. Yeah, I think that's a valid point. And um, yeah, you know, looking over this field, you're right, no three-year-olds. And for sure, I don't think this would be a bad spot to introduce your three-year-old to the older company. But um yeah, I don't think necessarily a grade one caliber field, but I think from a betting perspective, it's going to be a pretty good race. I think Express Train is going to be a pretty, you know, maybe the favorite, but a pretty lukewarm favorite at that. So a lot of different directions I think you can go. So yeah, and maybe even, that's what we know, care about more as gamblers is that it's going to be a good betting race more than anything. <laughs> and that's you and me, right? So that's what I care about, right? And so I um I also look at these races, and I and this is where you get, oh, I know more than people. Like, you know, Swiss Guy never runs in the Whitney. She could have landed in this spot. And I think she'd be really competitive in this field, right? Loves a mile and a quarter um, against this kind of field. I think she could have been really competitive. But anyways, we'll move on to the the last race of the day, race 11, the Del Mar Handicap. Um, and according to my show sheet, it is 11 furlongs on the turf. It is for three-year-olds and up, $300,000. It is a grade two. And Edison, I'll let you go first here. But do you – this is an absolute grade two, right? Yeah, this, this is a really good field for sure. It's legit. It's yeah, it's a legit field. field. Yeah. 11 um this this one you know 10 and 11 were when i was looking through these the ones that kind of took my attention the most really had to think carefully about it a lot of ways to go so for me it's eight four nine the eight arc low i know really likes these longer distance races comes off of two consecutive wins and a great two at delmar and a great three at churchill downs then at monmouth and that united nations had some problems the comment line says clips heels and stumbles at the three eight so willing right. to excuse that effort I think he's back in here with the chance, the good classy veteran seven-year-old. Um, so try him on top to come running late and get them all. Uh, also like the four, though, United, of course, comes off of that impressive effort in the Ed Reed out here at Del Mar, that win, um, and really just is kind of the horse for course here. Three for five at Del Mar, a couple of seconds. Never finished worse than second in five starts at Del Mar, so definitely one to include. And also like the nine award winner who mm-hmm. – um, I think has a chance here to show some early speed and maybe get that early lead possibly from the outside post or at least be part of the early mix and maybe just kind of hold on to repeat from there. So I'm not sure if it's one you need maybe as a win contender against 
this field, but uh, I think could be an underneath play for exact and trifecta players. We also haven't mentioned Juan Hernandez's name, and he's going to win one of these races, right? I mean, he's just having that kind of year. And so at some point, one of his horses is going to jump up. I like that pick of award winner. You and I have the same top two. We have them flipped. I have United on top, Arclo second. Um, I have United on top because of the Del Mar statistics that you mentioned. Uh, the only issue with him is he's every other. Um, but I do like that Mandela, once in a while, I like to try to figure out the cues from the, the trainer. Mandela's running him right back after a month, right? Really feels like he's in a good vein right now of work, throwing him back in. Arclo, by the way, neither of us has mentioned Red King, who won this race last year. But that was with Lasix. 0 for 3 with, without Lasix. Um, and so I tossed Red King in this race in case anyone is like, wait, what about Red King? That, that horse is awesome. Um, I, I tossed him because I, I do think some of these these changes in the medication have affected horses. Red King is one of those horses. Um, I was very wrong about that, by the way, last week. Uh, I thought that Nick's go would have a little bit more trouble without Lasix. And uh, um, he seems to not care if there's Lasix or not. And so uh, Arklo, I do have in second. Didn't run well without a whip at Monmouth. I am not going to hold that against him. I think he gets the whip back even in a, a restricted basis here. I'm going to include him. I actually have the seven acclimate in the third spot here. Two straight wins, really good races. Um, and with the same jockey, so we get we get Gonzalez again. I think that that's been a good move. The two of them seem to work together really well. And so I'm going to keep those two in the top three here. So I am four, eight, and seven uh, in that race. Hi, Mike. I, uh, hi. You want to know what happened? <laughs> Your computer died because it wasn't actually plugged in. Well, that's yes, because I plugged into this power strip that's on my desk, but the power strip had to be plugged in. You know, just, just stupid stuff like that. That's Look. So it's it's great that a guy named Edison is on the show. Thomas Edison is a is a Louisville legend. Louisville and electricity for, yeah. caused you not to be on the show for a little while. Or just a little bit, a little little blip. You know, that's all right. That's all right. I actually, you know, again, playing our his first street light bulbs were installed in Louisville. Yeah. His house yeah. is down in uh, Butchertown. You got a house here, yeah, right. So I, the only horse that I'm gonna put in there because again, when we're playing this yes. uh, for uh, an exact and a trifecta, I Cage. try to I try to come up with a horse that I thought could be kind of out of left field to kind of hit the board. Say the word. Master of Foxhounds is who I okay, had yeah, as okay. my uh, third place finisher on this on this race. Um, okay, let's. Uh, we're going to we're going to Saratoga. Let's go to Saratoga. To the spa. Oh, uh, oh, spa. All right, the uh, Grade Two Lake Placid. Um, if you're an Olympics person, uh, you probably know about Lake Placid. I don't know. The, Have you noticed this? Edison graduated to college at what twenty? Uh, last last May. So 21? Uh, May 2020. Uh, no, how yeah, old were you? How old were you? Oh, how old was I? Oh, uh, 20. 20, yeah, 20, 20, 20. Yeah. 20, okay. So Edison graduated college at 20. He thinks we're nerds. Like, he's laughing at nothing. Like, that's amazing. Like, that's awesome. Like, good for you, Edison. Like, he's an adjusted dude. Like, he's like the Lachlan McLean of the horse racing circuit. There you go. Sure, all right. He has no idea who Lachlan McLean is, but that's that kind of the matter. point. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, so, um, the Lake we don't. There's a guy who was who was in local media here, graduated for UVA at 19, and uh, he talks about it a lot and how it wasn't great for him. Like that's just too young. Like 19, like as a teenager, like the worst. Yeah. Anyways, go ahead. I'm sorry. That's right. Uh, this is the uh, Grade Two Lake Placid. It is a $200,000 race for three-year-old fillies, and it's a mile of 16th on the turf. Who did we have in this one? How's your how's your betting been at, at Saratoga this year, Edison? Because I have not spent a dollar at Saratoga this year. So I have I got my opportunity on opening day and that first Sunday to make my first ever trip to Saratoga in between nice. work at the Meadowlands. So I really, really enjoyed the track. 
and you know speak very very highly of the experience there but dear god i can never catch tickets <laughs> saratoga <laughs> so whatever numbers i'm about to give up throw them out <laughs> if you and i land on the same thing everyone should fade the bleep out of it i mean just <laughs> fade it go ahead dude what do you got here two six five <laughs> we'll take the Take the two technical analysis on top. Uh, three for five lifetime, six to five. These morning lines I do have written down. So six to five on the morning line. Um, we'll ended up uh, the winner of the Lake of George. Uh, looking to just come right back here with another win after that. Um, and now the only thing that I thought maybe a knock on her, you know, she ended up four wide in the first turn in the wonder again, but it was on a good surface and there's definitely a lot of moisture up there right now. In fact, right. um, Right before we came on here, I was watching Saratoga feed, and they were just through oh, driving rain, running water. races. So, yeah, right. yeah. so clearly, it's going to be far from a firm turf on Saturday. So that's probably something for sure to consider in handicapping. So again, I, I'm not sure. I think it was more the trip that really affected her in that race, that sixth place finish, her only real blemish on her record. Really, I'm the only time she hasn't hit the board. I think it was more the trip though versus the, the surface, the, the track condition. But you know, at a short price, maybe something to factor in. Um, six planish love affair, second choice morning line at three to one was in that grade one, uh, down at Belmont, uh, grade two down at Keeneland. So has some pretty good class there dropping down to this grade two, um, but does have some grade three wins and a second there. It's so not a whole lot in the grade two or the grade one, but obviously the shorter field definitely could, seems like she could, uh, hit the board here pretty well, or maybe even be a contender for the win in this grade two event. And then the five love struck, um, had a couple of wins and then. Had a couple of wins, six to one on the morning line, uh, win in the maiden special way, win in the Teppan, ungraded down at Aqueduct, and then at Belmont, a uh, disappointing eighth place finish there. So she'll look to bounce back two for three lifetime. Not a whole lot wrong there. Uh, speed figures might need to improve a little bit, though, for her to be a contender here. So uh, two, six, and five. All right. So I, I've only looked at weather for this. I think it's going to suck at Saratoga on Saturday. It's going to rain again today. It's going to dry out tomorrow, but it's going to be cloudy all day. And then they're like thunderstorms on Saturday. So there's a chance like it's really bad. Go ahead and single love struck here. I think all okay. the other horses really depend on a firm course at places. I think that love struck loves the distance is okay on a good track. I'm going to go ahead running with Johnny Velasquez, Bill Mott here. I don't feel terrible about that. So I'm going to single love struck here. Had it been firm, I would single technical analysis, but that horse cannot go on and off going. I'm going to go ahead and push. Uh, Love Struck is at the six. Five. Uh, the five. Okay, there you go. I'm on the five. There you go. <laughs> we don't even get numbers on our forms. This is, this is a rudimentary show here, I'll tell you what. All right, so we're going to go to uh, the, the the highlight out, Saratoga, which is the grade one Alabama. That's a mom. Do you get that reference at all, um, Edison? <laughs> should the way I? I said Alabama. <laughs> should <you> I? <laughs> That's great. Yeah, there was oh. a famous football announcer like guy uh for abc that just that's how he yeah, said keith. Yeah, yeah keith jackson, jackson. mono quarter on the dirt three-year-old phillies uh six hundred thousand dollar race uh louis is our three-year-old philly specialist um to be fair to know, edison he went to maryland so he probably doesn't care about football Ooh. oh <laughs> all right go ahead give it right. and not wrong <laughs> <laughs> do you know what sweat gary sweat means no. Oh, they, see, this is how young Gary Williams. Gary Williams, a previous coach. He'd sweat through his suits. Yeah, anyways, okay. Right. Um, but that's a basketball reference. This is about as good of – okay, I shouldn't even say it. This is the best field since the Oaks, right? The Kentucky Oaks. Right, Mike? Uh, yeah, I mean, they – For 3-0 field. Listen, 
this but this race always has an incredible field, right? I mean, it's this low, race yeah. this race is always like the uh, you know, this is the race that Gamin dodged last year and all that kind of stuff. So this is always this is and then that's what happened. She dodged it, right? She decided to go on the test and said so. Right. So this guy never wins this, goes on to win a fall preakness, right? I mean, that, that it shows yeah. you the quality of the horses in this race, right? And so yeah. um look, Malathat's here. Um, she's going to be in the top two. I don't know if she's going to win, but that's what she does. Neck, head, something, Malathat's going to be in the top two. Maracuja was a baller the last time out. However, this is going to be a more traditional race. More horses, more normal pace setting. I think she's going to have to deal with um, a more normal uh, course here. All that said, Ricardo Santana Jr. did a terrific housewife, did a terrific job on her uh, with her last time. Um, I am really... I don't know what's going to happen with a horse, say, like Will's Secret, who I kept in my top six of my rankings for the Oaks all year. I think she's a really, really nice horse. Comes up, finishes third in the Kentucky Oaks herself. I don't think at this level she's a winner. So I'm going to put Malathat as another single. So if you wanted to go really skinny late, um, you have a chance with Lovestruck and then Malathat in these very tough, tough sequences to do that. There are other horses in here that I'm fascinated by take played hard for example coming out of a two-turn race at saratoga at the high level allowance you get louis Sayas. bet against louis Sayas like you would bet against flavian pratt in california essentially the guy is just it's different right now he's seeing things that other people aren't seeing so if you're looking for an upset i would i would do played hard did anyone look up the morning lines here i literally haven't even looked no up. idea okay uh even money on malafat seven okay. to two maracuja and then six to one on three of them actually crazy beautiful clarier and army wife so my horse is like eight or ten to one. Then that's all. Fifteen to one on the other two. Yeah. Will secret and played hard. Yeah. Okay. I'll I think played hard though. is way better than fifteen to one. But Mer Mal Malfat, look, if we get off, if we get off track, by the way, I think that's our serious chance to play Will Secret, who's going to come from off the pace. Go ahead. Mike. There you go. Yeah. All right, Edison. Really appreciate you joining us today. Any any parting words before you <laughs> go off your to before your he, uh, harness he tells racing us who's podcast? Win this race, you should probably let him do that. Oh wait, he hasn't. Oh yeah, he hasn't. He hasn't given his picks yet. I'm sorry. Oh well, I mean, again, uh, again, my, my my summer at Saratoga not been great, so probably better I don't <laughs> anyway. But uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. Uh, I am actually going to be stupid and try to beat Malafat. Okay. And I'll take one that you really didn't mention. I'll take the one crazy beautiful. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Now she's she's another one that I feel like I, I've been chasing for a while, leading into the Kentucky Oaks, like in the Oaks. Terrible trip, you know. Ter terrible tenth place finish. Just just whatever. But came back, um, Santa Anita, got that win there in a grade two, and then uh, looked really, really impressive, I thought, in the Delaware Oaks. I agree. Uh, a couple of, of next out winners coming out of that race, so, so maybe not a terrible, terrible race. Obviously, maybe not as, as highly regarded as some of the other races some of these horses come out of. But to be fair, I suppose even someone like Malathat, um, who obviously is in her own right a monster at five or six lifetime, you know, tasted that first defeat last time out. But that was, for the record, a four-horse field in, in, in the Oaks, so, you know. And by um, less than a length, for sure, right? I mean, club Oaks, right, very close. So, so I'll take a chance. Crazy beautiful, um, you know, comes off that lifetime best uh, buyer in that Delaware Oaks, and maybe she needs to take one more step forward. Maybe she's in with a chance, but for sure, I think you got to use Malathat and Seven Army Wife. Um, yeah, another one that that's kind of had a little little space here between her races, but obviously a very impressive winner in the Black Eyed Susan. Um, went out to Prairie Meadows. Another question, maybe who exactly she beat in that field, but she does get the job done at even money. And now ships back up to uh, Saratoga for this Alabama. So I'll take a chance there as well. So one one six seven. Has anybody? So I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of wondering about this. I, I think Louie might be honest something with the Will Secret play because I mean, not only are we going to have a tough race course if it's if it's pouring down rain, but 
none of these horses have gone a mile and a quarter before, right? Has anybody gone a mile and a quarter before? No, Phillies don't go a mile and a quarter before the Alabama. Just it just yeah. by rule that's that's how that works, right? Man, that might be setting up. I mean, I, I'll tell you what, fifteen to one on Will Secret. I'm you know that's that's worth a. That's you worth don't $2. ship John Cord in for this race by accident is all yeah. I'll say. Like he really, and and to Dal Stewart's credit, who Mike and I actually both know personally, but like just that's that's not an accident. He really knows his Phillies in the same way that Kenny McPeak won this race last year and it has Kenny as crazy beautiful in this field as well. Um, but I think if the if it's super off track, I think there's a serious chance that Will Secret just eats up the slop and, and she's there at the end. All right, man. Uh, now we can actually say goodbye to Edison. Now you now you can't party words <laughs> since you have any. What are you capping on your show? Oh, this weekend we'll be talking uh um on the harness racing side, Woodbine Mohawk talking their early pick five on Saturday, as well as a featured $160,000 Ontario Sire Stakes race, um, talking some Grand Circuit action at Pocono, and just a little dabble on the thoroughbred side for thoroughbred folks. Got to talk a little bit of Queen's Blazing. Right. Oh, of course. Yeah. And so talk to me, Edison. Is the pick five Woodbine Mohawk, is that a 20 cent or a 50 cent? Yeah, I think pretty much every Canada, Canadian track, thoroughbred or harness, are usually 20 cent, 20 cent increments in that. So it's, it's 20 cents. Playable, people. Playable. Which is great, right? Cheaper, cheaper ticket, and still just yeah. great oh, payout. You're talking to the guy who plays the Cinnaboy on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, for sure. 100%. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> All right, fellas, let's pay the tab and get out of here. Edison, thanks a lot for joining us on the Horse Racing Happy Hour. Uh, we'll see you next week here on Will Megan Be Here? The Horse Race. Probably not until she gets married. Got it. That's what I'm, I'm going to go with. All right, <laughs> we'll see you next time on the Horse Racing Happy Hour.